You're listening to the Keef to the City podcast. We're gonna turn these dreams into an empire, empire. The pain to an empire, empire. The rage into an empire, empire. All right, it's been more than a decade since the Yankees and Phillies met in the 2009 World Series. The Yankees winning that in six games. And to think the Yankees have lost four ALCSs since then, the Phillies haven't even been back to the playoffs in what will be nine years this season. Uh, you didn't see that coming back then. You didn't think that both teams would go into sort of a championship drought with both of them at the height of baseball, the best team in the American League, the best team in the National League, and here we are more than 10 years later. Neither team has even been to the World Series, let alone won a championship since then. And as two of the big market, big name teams in baseball, it's it's a little weird to think that all these years have gone by and they're still just trying to get back to where they were before Shane Victorino rolled that ball over to Robinson Cano for the final out of the World Series. And with the Phillies trying to just get back to the playoffs in their second straight, very busy offseason in which they hired a new manager and ex-manager Joe Girardi, got a new shortstop in Didi Gregorius, uh, added to their core of Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto and Gene Segura and Reese Hoskins and even Andrew McCutcheon, who was a, who's an ex-Yankee. Uh, the Phillies are trying to get back to where they were in what's a very competitive, very deep NL East with the Braves, the Nationals, the Mets, just the Marlins are the really only team that's suck coming out of the NL East for the next year and the foreseeable future, really. So joining me today to talk about the Phillies and their offseason and their quest to get back to the postseason is good friend Matt Higgins of CBS Philly, who talks about all of these things, how the Phillies got to where they were, how they can get out of it, what the team looks like heading into this season, and what his expectations are for new manager Joe Girardi. So here we go. All right, and joining me today to talk about the Phillies with their second straight very busy offseason is Matt Higgins, good friend from CBS Philly. Higgins, how's it going today? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks um, for having me. Yeah. <laughs> I know you mentioned, I think this is the first time in our, what, eight plus years of knowing each other that we've ever spoken on the phone and not through text message or email or in person. So uh, a little different vibe to it. Yeah, it's a little weird for me right now. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Well, uh, for you and the Phillies, your your Phillies, uh, your team, second straight, very busy offseason. And it all started with firing Gabe Kapler, who had a very odd two-year stint with the Phillies. Um, an 81-81 finish leads to him getting the door. Were you on board with that decision that was made right after the season ended? I mean, I was. Stuff, uh, something definitely needed to happen uh, on the managerial front. You could tell it was not working with Gabe, and especially uh, with the hitting coaches, at the time, uh, John Moet and pitching coach Chris Young. I mean, you know, everybody was, you know, took a step backwards last season. Uh, none of the pitchers came to the forefront, especially guys like Velasquez, Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta. They definitely took a step back. The hitters seemed to take a step back. I know it's very analytical driven, and I, I am pro analytics, but it just seems like, especially on the Philly center side, all they were trying to do was just totally launch the ball last year. And, especially with, like, Reese Hoskins in the second half. I mean, that guy just plummeted. And, you know, the, the Phillies' offense was not able to recover whatsoever. Well, before Kapler took the job, or really as he took the job, he said that he would bring a World Series to Philadelphia, which he clearly didn't do. Uh, and it's hard to grade him really off of the, his first season because the team was not as talented, certainly, as it was last year. But 
Did you have playoff expectations? I know they get out, they go out to get Harper, they get Real Muto. Uh, they're a much better team than they were the year before, but they weren't really necessarily a complete team. So to me, they did show improvement over the year before. They they weren't necessarily a true contender. Uh, they hung around in the postseason race for pretty much the majority of the season, really until September. But when you look back on it, I mean, is that a team that you thought should have been in the postseason? I thought initially they would be able to, you know, uh, compete for a wild card. I did not think they would have been able to win the NL East uh, because you know they're pitching depth. They don't they don't have any um, compared to what the Nationals and Braves have. I mean the Phillies are clearly lacking in that. Um, so I thought they would be able to compete for a wild card. Obviously, you know they started hot and then they obviously fizzled. They were in the wild card hunt for a while, but that was because you know they were kind of farther ahead of other teams at the time. Um, before really backtracking. But I really did not see this team as like a true playoff contender. Outside At the time, like outside of NOLA, you had four big question marks. What was Arietta going to bring you? What was Zeppelin going to bring you? What was Velasquez going to bring you? What was Pavetta going to bring you? And then obviously the injuries to the bullpen, I mean, they were just decimated. You know what, David Robertson, what, he pitched, what, two, three games? <laughs> I think he had, what, six to eight innings total? And that was when they're and I truly loved that signing last offseason. I thought that was a great get to solidify that bullpen. But then we got, you know, guys like Robertson going down, uh, Tommy Hunter going down, Pat Nisha going down, Sir Anthony Dominguez going down, Victor Arado going down, Adam Morgan going down. You just can't do anything about it. You're just going out there with like duct tape. And <laughs> at one point last year, you know, I'm I'm an overweight guy pushing forty years old, but I did pitch a no hitter once when I was twelve. <laughs> So I felt like I was qualified to be a Phillies pitcher last season. Well, you do bring up a great point because it is the bullpen that failed them again. It seems to be the case every year. And you look at what they've done this offseason, which we'll get to, but really the bullpen is still a huge question mark. They still have pretty much the same bullpen. They're banking on guys to either have bounced back or rebounding seasons. They're hoping that other guys get healthy and can last the entire season. But it seems like they're kind of the same Phillies that they were last year. They pretty much are. I mean, obviously... Outside of adding, like, Zach Wheeler, they're still going to be counting on the same guys in the rotation, and Arietta, Eflin, Pavetta, and Velasquez. And then right now, there's really only, like, two healthy guys in the bullpen, and Jose Alvarez and Ranger Suarez. I mean, Alvarez pitched really well out of the bullpen last season. He was a very pleasant surprise. Ranger Suarez also pitched uh, all right coming out of the bullpen. But, I mean, they're really just almost crossing their fingers that, you, you know, their bullpen's going to be fine. I mean, you got Hector Harris, they got Jose Alvarez and Ranger Suarez right now. And, I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't know really who else you can count on because the arm injuries uh, that the guy suffered last year, especially with Dominguez and Adam Morgan, you're really wondering, like, what they're going to be able to bring to the table in 2020. And a lot of the top relievers, regional relievers, are already signed away. And especially the NL East, you saw they're boosting their uh, bullpens already, you know, the world champion nationals resigning, uh, bringing back Daniel Hudson and then going out and getting Will Harris from the Astros and the Mets, you know, uh, getting Dylan Batances on a one year, like kind of like a proven one year deal. And the Phillies have just stood packed so far, which is, uh, not gonna lie, it's a little concerning <laughs> heading into this season. Well, when it comes to bullpen management, the Phillies got Joe Girardi, who is a very good bullpen manager from a sense that he gives guys necessary rest, even if a game says that. You know, pitcher X should be in. He's going to give that guy the day off if he's pitched the two days prior. Uh, he's very set in his ways. Um, 
Girardi gets the job. I know Buck Showalter was in the conversation, uh, much older clearly than Girardi, but who was your guy? Who was the target targeted manager that you wanted this offseason? Was it Girardi? Was it someone else? And what are your feelings on Girardi? Oh, no, Girardi was my top choice, my number one choice. I was very thrilled that they got uh, Joe Girardi. Um, obviously brings a championship pedigree back to the Phillies, uh, brings like a proven leader back to the Phillies. He's been there, done that. He's been this world. Obviously, he's been micromanaged by a front office in New York, by the media in New York. So this is going to be nothing new to him in Philly. Um, and that's what I think that's what the, you know, the Phillies players needed. And I say, I think that's what fans wanted to see too, is that someone who has been there before, um, who does have that championship pedigree and somebody who can hopefully take the Phillies to the next level. Will he do it this year? I don't know. I think the Phillies can compete for a wild card again this year. I don't think they have what it takes to win the division yet, but hopefully he can get the Phillies like back on track and especially not have those collapses like they've had the past two seasons well you mentioned how he's proven and uh with the manager manager of the year award with the marlins the 10 years with the yankees the world series with the yankees uh he's not going to be a puppet like some of these other managers we see whether it's aaron boone or mickey calloway or gabe kapler for that instance so how do you think it's going to work because the phillies the last few years are used to sort of having the front office it seems like tell the manager what to do what the lineup should be um outside of a very few you know unique and odd circumstances with kapler and now you're completely changing course and going with someone who probably is gonna tell the front office to fuck off if he needs to what what do you think the case is here with Girardi and how he's going to be handled with the philadelphia front office i I think Girardi definitely is going to have more say than uh kapler does um, let's face it, I mean, Kapler managed some games like it was Game 7 of the World Series, the way he was using his relievers. Um, and, I mean, there's nothing, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, but also puts relievers in positions they're not used to. And we saw that the past couple of years. And also, on the other front, you could, be, you could say, like, well, you know, Gabe didn't really have the pitching that like other clubs, you know, elite clubs have, which is, falls on the front office. But I think Joe is definitely going to get a lot more leeway. Obviously, let's face it, Gabe was Matt Klintek's guy, and that did not work out. And the move was made because of John Middleton. Um, he's the reason why Joe Girardi's in here right now, because uh, Middleton did not want Gabe leaving the Phillies anymore. So I think uh, Girardi's going to get a lot more leeway and a lot more say and a lot more pull that Gabe ever had in Philly. You've got another uh, ex-Yankee now with Didi Gregorius, the one-year deal to play shortstop, which moves Gene Segura over to second. Um, I know who Didi is now as a player. I wasn't sure when he was a Yankee or became a Yankee after Jeter retired. Uh, He's turned into a nice player. He had a few big postseason moments, but he's still the guy who's going to hit close to what is on base is going to be uh, his on base will probably be in the low 300s. Um, he'll give you some power, especially in Citizens Bank Park, but he'll give you great defense. So Didi, he is what he is. I'm not sad to see him go. I thought it was time to move on. He goes to the Phillies with sort of a one-year deal to sort of try to uh, rebuild his stock after missing half the season with Tommy John surgery. What are your thoughts on the Didi signing? I thought it was I thought it was a good signing. Um, Didi, like you said, if he brings good defense. Um, I think in that in the Citizens Bank ballpark, he can easily pop if healthy. You know, twenty-five to thirty home runs. Uh, he does extend the lineup. You'll probably hit him. I would assume, like because of his on-base percentage, probably hit him. In, I would assume in like the sixth, seventh spot. Um, but it does extend the lineup. I mean, gives you know more protection to the guys like Harper and Reese and uh, Real Muto. Uh, and it, it obviously, you know, moves Segura over to second. 
moves Kingery over to third. So you're kind of more set um, it with the infield right now, depending on if they possibly make a trade uh, for somebody like, you know, Chris Bryant, depending on what happens with the grievance. Well, with Bryce Harper, that's your guy now. Sure as hell is. <laughs> I know that you're big on him. Uh, he had to sit by and watch his former team go to the World Series without him and win it. Uh, you probably, I'm, I'm guessing, were rooting for the Astros just because you didn't want to have to see your guy deal with the <laughs> aftermath of his ex-team winning it. But uh, you look at Harper, and I mean, to come over and you know, to, to have his spot in the order sort of replaced by almost nothing with the Nationals and what they had offensively, but to see them be able to win the World Series without him, uh, granted they have a much better staff than you, but does that worry you a little about Bryce Harper? No, not at all. I mean, let's face it. They were going to win the World Series with or without him last season. Their pitching staff was just, you know, obviously superb. The way the guy stepped up and, you know, I mean, Stroudsburg was just otherworldly. You know, Corbin pitched who the Phillies could have signed if they got an extra year. They added an extra year on the contract last year. Scherzer was Scherzer. They're, surprisingly, their bullpen w- was fantastic in the uh, <laughs> postseason when they were just utter crap at some point uh, during the regular season last year. But, I mean, they still had a good young lineup at the time, too. I mean, Juan Soto is just an absolute beast. You got, so you had Soto, you had Rendon. You had uh, Trey Turner. You had uh, Robles. I mean, they. I mean, their lineup was stacked at one point last season too. So I mean, they were going to win it with or without him last year. I'm sure it like hurt them a little bit that the uh, Nats were able to, you know, win one without him. But what are you going to do? <laughs> You brought up Zach Wheeler earlier who got paid, you know, I guess what market value is for his type of abilities now. I understand the analytics side of baseball loves Zach Wheeler. They love his spin rate. They love his velocity. Uh, His on-field numbers, a little questionable. Uh, And that's a big reason why I didn't want the Yankees to trade for him at the deadline last year. I didn't want them to necessarily sign him because... I know what you're getting in Zach Wheeler. I've seen him pitch enough for the Mets. I understand that at times he can't be yeah. the number one, two guy he was projected to be, but he's most likely going to be the three or four, which uh, that's what he is at this point. The, the Phillies needed starting pitching. They got him to slot in now behind Nola, around Arietta's spot in the rotation. Uh, I'm guessing that you were on board, though, with the Zach Wheeler signing. Yeah, I was. He did pitch well. He did pitch really well in the second half of last season. He does have elite stuff, but the biggest big if is when he's healthy and that's the big question mark surrounding Wheeler but he did pitch really well in the second half of last season when he is healthy he has thrown elite stuff but the Phillies desperately needed an arm they're going they went in last season with like duct tape and just like fingers crossed on a very young rotation that did not pan out the only one I think you can really count on in like the younger group between like Eflin Pavetta and Velasquez would be Eflin he did pitch the better out of the three last season so you did need to sign a guy like Wheeler now the season before they signed Corbin and then you had the rotation of Corbin Nola and Wheeler my god they'd probably be one of the best <laughs> in the uh at least in the division right now if that happens like you know, desperately needed to make a move. They cannot go in again with that same rotation as last year. And let's face it, I mean, obviously they saw, they added Wheeler, but there's still so many question marks regarding that rotation. Is Arietta going to be healthy? Can um, Will Eflin pitch better under a new pitching coach? What's going to happen with uh, Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta? Which one's going to start? Which one's going to relieve? Are they, you know, are they going to be yo-yoing between the and the starting rotation again? And then also you have, you know, the one of their top prospects like Spencer Howard winning in the wings too like you know is he going to be starting out right away or are they going to bring him bring him on this season because they want to 
have that extra year of control. I mean, there's so many question marks about this pitching staff right now that nobody really has the answer to heading into the season. The 2009 World Series seems like a lifetime ago for both franchises. I mean, neither should biz back to the World Series since then. Uh, Thankfully, the Yankees got their championship then because we'd be looking at it going on a 20-year drought if they had it. But I didn't think for as long as I thought the Yankees could have and should have gotten back there since then, and they haven't for ALCS losses since that World Series win over the Phillies. Uh, I didn't foresee the Phillies going on this nine-year drought after the rotation they built the two years following that. Can you believe it's been nine years now since the Phillies have been in the playoffs? Yeah, since 2011, man. I mean, it's crazy to think about. I mean, those five years of that Phillies baseball went by in a flash. For me, I mean, that was, as the Phillies say, that was the, one of the greatest times of my life. <laughs> the, the, the five teams, especially you know that 2008 World Series championship, and like it's so funny. Like I always think back, it's like there's so many like what ifs about that era. Obviously, like 2009, like what if like Cole Hamels was Cole Hamels from the year before? I think they would have won the World Series. What if uh, the Phillies never got rid of like Cliff Lee after acquiring Roy Halladay? They would have had two full seasons of Halladay, Hamels, and Lee in the rotation in 2010 and 2011. And then, you pro- you know, if that happens, you probably don't go out and trade for Roy Oswald. You probably go out and tr- try to get, like, another bat, try to get, like, another reliever. And then, you- oh, man, there's just so many what-ifs. And then, like, what if, you know, 2011, the game to the NLDS. What if Cliff Lee doesn't blow the 4 nothing lead against the Cardinals in game two? The Phillies would have swept the Cardinals. Yeah, and, and the weird thing is, which you just brought up, I never even thought about the fact that or at least I haven't thought about it in a long time, is the fact that they l- traded Lee because they got Halliday, but then they ended up signing Lee anyway as a free agent. So I don't know, yeah. going back, what the dollars were and whose contract they might have had to shed back then to do that. But why did they... Like, If you're going to sign the guy to a big-time free agent deal at the time, a year later, there was no need to get rid of him at the time to go to send him to Seattle. There was absolutely none. And there was also reports that they actually tried to trade back for Cliff Lee during the 2010 season, but um, the Mariners wanted the top prospect at the time, who at one time was, was Dominic Brown, a uh, high prospect to Mike Trout. Yeah, Dominic Brown, <laughs> our old guy, Dom Brown. They would not trade Dom Brown for uh, Cliff Lee. Hey, I know how that feels because the Yankees were on the, the goal line and the doorstep of getting Cliff Lee, and they didn't want to give Eduardo Nunez up. So they ended up cutting him in spring training a few <laughs> years later anyway. So that worked out well. <laughs> well, now you look at this Phillies team, you're about, you got, you know, a month till spring training, a little less than a month. We've got a little more than two months till opening day. You say you'll think they'll battle for a wild card team. It's sort of uh, odd for the Phillies because as they sort of build this next core, they have to deal with the fact that the Mets have a good, strong core. The Braves are still there. Yeah. The Nationals aren't going anywhere. Really, just the Marlins is the only team in the NL East that no one has to worry about. But it's going to be an ultra-competitive four-team division. Uh, it's going to be tough for them to even hang around the wild card. It, it is. Like you said, Like everybody's getting better. And the, the, one of the bigger problems with the Phillies is, like, just their lack of homegrown talent. I mean, you see the homegrown talent, obviously, with the Mets, the Braves, the Nationals, their international signings. Um, just, like, the recent drafts, especially, like, uh, like 2015, 20, uh, 20, 2016, I mean, it just killed them, just crushed them. You know, in, like, the 2015 draft, uh, they drafted a kid named Cornelius Randolph, 10th overall. You know who else was in that draft that went about 15 picks later? Walker Bueller. 
<laughs> yeah, that's and, not great. Uh, yeah, 2016, they drafted Mickey Moniak. Two, let's say he actually did have, have a good season at Double uh, A last year. But uh, 19 picks later, you know who was drafted? That kid named Gavin Lux from the Dodgers, who seems like he's going to be about to be, but you know, one of the top baseball players in the league. Yes. You want to really go in depth, you know? Who, and, and I think it was like the third or fourth round. The Phillies drafted this shortstop named like Cole Stobby, who <laughs> is like still struggling in like single A. You know who the Dodgers drafted? The uh, redhead kid Dustin May, who made his debut last season. So it's just like ah, oh, it's so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, the Phillies have not been able to, you know, especially when you have such high picks and you're just not hitting on them. It's so frustrating. Yeah, that's not great. Especially, that... when, you, especially when you see teams like the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Yankees, who have picks in like between the 20s and 30s, that always do well. They're always able to bring somebody up uh, from the minors and always have that depth. The Phillies do not have that right now. <laughs> Well, with less than four weeks of spring training, do you think they're done with this offseason? I mean, is this what we see right now on paper? Is this the Phillies team they're going to go forward with, or do you think they have another signing or two uh, just waiting in the wings? If they do have another signing or two, it will be minor. Uh, from what I've read, uh, it, it seems like uh, Phillies' ownership does not want to go over the luxury tax, at least right now. Um, and I don't think they have much money to spend. I think they have maybe like, Five to tell me ten million dollars before they hit that luxury tax. So if they do, it'll probably be like very minor moves. If it does happen, they'll like a lower end bullpen piece here or there. I don't think they're going to add like you know another. Obviously, you know there's really no no one really much else out in the market at this point. All right, Higgins. Well, thanks for taking the time to come on and talk about the Phillies. Uh, It'll be, you know, hopefully, well, not really hopefully, as as a, someone who hates the <laughs> Phillies, a, a better season for you, but I, I hate to see you tweeting and, and posting on Instagram, you sitting through like a 10 nothing blowout, just sitting there in the ninth inning, still still waiting until the last out. It's, it's sad. It's depressing. I want to, you know, I don't want the Phillies to win the World Series, but I want you to have a better summer than you've had the last decade. <laughs> well, thank you. Me too. <laughs> All right, Higgins, thanks again. All right, thanks, Neil. All right, thanks again to Higgins for taking the time to come on and talk about the Phillies. Like I said, hopefully, but not really hopefully, he gets a better summer than he has for nearly a decade now where he uh, he's the guy who stays there till the final out of the game. He will not move. He will stay no matter if the game is a 20-run differential. He will be there till the final out. So hopefully he gets some better games to attend this season in Philly. I don't want to see the Phillies necessarily get back to where they were back in 2009, but uh, it's better for baseball when they're good, just as long as they're not good enough to win the World Series. Uh, That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday.